Hey guys, jumping in real quick to tell you about the sponsor for this week's episode, the Satchel Podcast Player. If you like podcasts, you're going to want to check this out. There's no third-party ads, no on-screen ads, nothing like that. It's a great way to get connected with the content that you're listening to. You can even tweet directly into the podcast that you're listening to and even send a few dollars along to the podcast. For example, right now, if you like listening to Flash TV Talk, you could send us like, I don't know, $2, $3, $10, however much you feel like we're worth. You can do that directly in the Satchel Podcast Player. It's a great player. You got to check it out. If you're a podcaster, you can register your podcast at satchelplayer.com. Accelerating your fandom. This is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to news, reviews, and more for the hit CW show, The Flash. I'm Bo. And I'm Bell. Bell, man, how you doing tonight? I am in the eggnog drinking mood. Oh my goodness, man. Yes, you are. It is the holiday season. I don't have any eggnog, though. Well, that's okay, man. Tonight is not the night for eggnog. I mean, granted, I mean, you know, if, if, if you're doing things right, uh, you know, traditionally, for the, uh, the the Christmas mid-season finale of The Flash, I mean, it's always been a Christmas episode. Uh, season one, we were introduced to the the greatness that was Grandma Esther's eggnog. Uh, season two, did not mention Grandma Esther, but they made up for it this year. We're going to be talking about this episode here in just a couple of minutes. But first, we have to mention the fact that uh, this is... The the mid-season finale episode of Flash TV Talk as well as the, the Flash series, but we take it one step further. If you're new to the show, if this is your first season ever tuning into the Flash TV Talk podcast, let us welcome you, introduce you, invite you, if you will, to our very own holiday shindig. Ladies and gentlemen, it is, I am proud to announce... Grandma Esther's eggnog-induced Christmas call-in extravaganza part three is taking place next week. That's right. Next week, next Wednesday, actually, that's going to be 8 p.m. CST. That's uh, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. We're going to be taking call-ins. We're going to have you guys call in. We're going to be talking Flash. We're going to really talk about whatever you guys want to talk about. Speculate wildly as we enjoy some of Grandma Esther's. That's right. If you ever wanted to listen to me and Belle get drunk for an hour, uh, go back and listen to old episodes of Panel to Screen. But if you want to do that recently, <laughs> that's the place to do it. That is very true. And uh, we, we should have some kind of special like eggnog off, as in we'll each create one glass of eggnog and we'll drink it. And then whoever comes out drunkest at the end wins. That, that I mean, you know, this uh, this we were introduced to the nog off this episode. So I, I think we need That's to true. incorporate that into the festivities. Uh, but no, seriously, guys, we, we really we want to invite you to uh, come on. We do a midseason call in show where we're really excited about it. Looking forward to having you guys who've been tuning to the podcast, geeking out with us on Flash. Uh, have you guys on the show talk about whatever you want to talk about, speculate wildly, all of that fun stuff. It's going to happen again. That is happening Next Wednesday, December the 14th, 8 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern. Uh, use Skype if you want to call in. You can find us Mixler.com slash You can find the link directly at FlashTVTalk.com. You are cordially invited to our Christmas, our, our community Christmas party of Grandma Esther's Eggnog Induced Christmas Call-In Extravaganza Part 3. Uh, but man, we've got a great episode to talk about tonight, uh, the mid-season finale of The Flash. Really excited to jump into it, man. Any any other housekeeping items before we need to jump into this? Man, I got nothing. I don't think I got anything either. So yeah, let's do it. Let's jump into the rundown. The, the rundown. rundown. Episode nine of season three, The Present, directed by Rachel Talali and story by 
The Helbing twins, Aaron Helbing and Todd Helbing. Our apologies to Aaron and Todd if you're not actually twins. Bell, what happened this episode? With Alchemy and Savitar still looming threats, Barry is unable to focus on the Christmas holiday and especially his relationship with Iris. Determined to stop Savitar, Barry goes to Earth-3 to get advice from Jay Garrick. Wally wants to help Barry fight Savitar and reveals that he's been training with HR, which doesn't go over well with Barry. As Cisco faces his first Christmas without his brother Dante, old wounds are reopened. All right, I feel like I just I guess I guess I want to go ahead and get this out there. I, I love this episode. Really, yeah, really yeah, super good. good. Yeah. I keep on saying best one of the season. I really do feel like they've been building and building and building, and it seems like every single episode uh has been the best one of the season. Well, it's the helping twins, man. They got it on lock. They are doing a phenomenal job, aren't they? Very much so. Executive producers and they wrote the story for this one. Yeah, it's been great uh, seeing them pop up in little behind the scenes videos too, kind of explaining uh, what they're doing with the characters. I mean, there is a cohesiveness this season that is really, really, uh, it, it, it's working for me, man. I've really dug it and I'm really enjoying what we've gotten. I feel like in every single episode, not only have they been really solid throughout, but we also get a lot of really special moments. In this particular episode, we got a ton of special moments. Uh, kicking off with, of course, our introduction to Earth-3 and uh, and the trickster of Earth-3. Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Hamill returns as the trickster. I know, but like I, I was so happy when I saw him, but it was, it was over so fast. <laughs> mm. It was very much a cameo role. Actually, when I, I saw they uh, posted that, that clip earlier today, and I wish yeah. I hadn't watched it, but I mean, I, I was just, you know, I was just jonesing for something. Uh, and so I watched it. And then once it was done, I was like, oh, I bet that's it. Like, I bet that's the only thing we're going to see yeah. of the trickster in this one. But, you know, DC has this this thing where they put the uh, they put the Joker or the Joker counterpart in all the trailers. And then that's pretty much all you're going to get is what you get in the trailers. <laughs> continuation it, of the Suicide Squad. Yeah, but it was still great to see John Wesley Shipp and uh, Mark Hamill on screen at the same time. Yeah. playing the same roles. All right, so have you but just different earths. Have you heard this concept that Earth 3 is essentially like like if 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 we could imagine that that the old Flash series took place in the 90s, that if that series like basically that series did take place except instead of, you know, uh, John Wesley Shipp's character being named Barry Allen, his name was Jay Garrick. And, you know, that was his costume. So the idea is that, like, this Jay Garrick, his original costume was that costume. And, like, that, the history of that show is the history of this Jay Garrick. That's interesting. Which is kind of is a that cool canonical? concept. I, I, I don't think it's canonical. I think it's just kind of somewhat speculation. Um, I believe in some behind-the-scenes videos they've talked about kind of that being a theme um, and what they've wanted to communicate in the Jay Garrick character. But I will say this, man. Like, like when we first get a chance to see the world of Earth 3... Uh, and especially the interaction between Trickster and Flash, it kind of felt, and I do not, and, and understand, I don't mean this in a bad way at all. It kind of felt like a cartoon coming to life. Yeah, it felt very cartoony, like especially Mark Hamill's teeth. They did some some craziness to his teeth, and they gave him this sort of like almost looks like the Joker from the Batman animated series teeth. Yeah, They're very like elongated and like. But but darker kind of well and even like the almost kind of the one for one right he starts firing his gun uh, bear, or uh, uh, Jay catches him all on the helmet you know comes up to him gives him a quip you know I keep on wanting to say Joker but Trickster quips him right back by slapping on the thing and then it's the bomb and you know it just felt very like beat for beat almost like a cartoon coming to life and honestly man that's it it's kind of brilliant because if you think about what the origin of the Silver Age introduction of Jay Garrick was and the Silver Age introduction of Barry Allen, Barry Allen was inspired by 
Flash comic books. Like he read the stories of Jay Garrick in a comic book and he was inspired to become the Flash based off of this. And only years later did you did you discover that those comics that he read was based off the adventures of that Flash from another world, from another Earth. So this idea that perhaps the uh, the Jay Garrick of Earth 3 is almost like this comic book world, like that that's kind of the feel and the sensory of it, it kind of plays into the origins of, of the comic book character. That's pretty neat. Did you ever see the, the Trickster episodes in the original Flash, Flash uh, series in I've the 90s? S- I've seen scenes. I know you've watched the entire season, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it, and, it, and it reminded me so much of that because it's, you know, it's, it, it's a little bit campy, but it's so much fun. And it's, yeah, it, it's a blast. I'm going to have to go and rewatch them real soon here. So good. And and how awesome is it? I mean, look, here's the thing. If Mark Hamill popped up for like just a cameo, you know, like if, if you're getting Mark Hamill on your show, you're, you're wanting to like tell a huge story, right? Like yeah. the fact that the like clearly he doesn't just have time to spare these days. You know what I mean? Like like <laughs> he's a wanted man. I mean, he's gallivanting around galaxies that are far far away a long time ago and you know he's got all sorts of other stuff i'm just saying man like the fact that he came in to to pull off this cameo and and do the, the that scene with john wesley ship and even barry and it was just it, i mean uh <laughs> i called grant barry just the, the <laughs> fact that you actually had all of these iconic characters come to life and that you know mark has such respect for the work that he did and he was such a fan of the show that he'd be willing to come in and do even such a small cameo role it means a lot man it means a lot to the fans and it shows a dedication to this franchise um that's really i mean to me man that just that speaks to the the fandom as a whole i think yeah and and to mark hamill as well because you know a, a lot of actors uh, their early stuff, they may not embrace it as much or, you know, they, they try to like, Oh, that, that's, that's who I was back then. That's not who I am now. But Mark Hamill just, just embraces those kinds of things. And he realizes that like, you know, star Wars and, and, and the trickster and the flash show and those kind of things help put him to where he is. And so there's a great deal of respect for that past work. And it's just so great to see that, uh, come through. And it's, yeah, I, I would love to get him on this show and just, just, you know, talk his ear off about how awesome he is, but (laughs) we should, uh, maybe we could invite him to grandma Esther's eggnog induced Christmas call and extravaganza. That would be excellent. That would be incredible. Actually, you know, I, I did think actually about sending an invite to, uh, uh, Mr. Wesley Ship, see if he wanted to uh, to pop back on for some time. I know he's a busy man, but uh, you never know. We might we might have some celebrity guests pop up. You never you never know what might happen. Yeah, yeah, anything's <laughs> possible in the podcasting world. Well, it depends on how much nog is involved. It can be possible. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Like if I drink enough eggnog, I can fly. Well, in your off, own mind, off my roof. Here's the thing, man. We've spent more time now talking about that scene than than you know about Mark Hamill <laughs> than we actually got Mark <laughs> Hamill in the episode. Uh, but look, there's a lot of stuff going on in this one. You know, typically, historically, uh, these episodes, mid-season finales, and and these Christmas specials have have been a place in which we've gotten some pretty major reveals. Now, going into this episode, we actually had a lot of things already kind of I, I hate to say spoiled because it came out naturally in the story. But we already knew that Julian was, you know, Savitar's lackey. We already knew that he was using the Alchemist Stone or, or being being controlled rather by Savitar. And we also knew, you know, about the Wally and HR uh, training montage. Let's actually start with that right there. HR and Wally. We just recently got there back and forth on him, uh, HR offering to train Wally. And I feel like we kind of jumped ahead to all of a sudden they did one training, not even montage scene. And then, you know, he's ready for the big game. Well, I think it's understood that they've been training in the interim because it's been at least a week. I, I you know, because it, it seems like the show uh, represents like every week as another week on the show, right? Like the the, the show's timeline is is correlates with our timeline as to when they air them. Sure. Uh, 
So I would assume that they've had several training sessions and that was just one that they decided to show us. I would have loved a Rocky style training montage with HR and uh, <laughs> and Wally. But um, yeah, that was just a, a little sprint session, I suppose. And they were uh, they were just showing us that. Well, and they are carrying on the, you know, the idea that Wally is better than Barry or at least Barry better than where Barry was at this stage in his training. Right, right, right. And that was the main reason for that whole scene was just to show that, hey, when Barry was at this stage, you know, you were faster than him. And so, yeah, they're, they're, they're trying to – and that, I think that's cool too that they're, you know, running with that, the whole uh, Wally being faster than Barry aspect. You know, I'm starting to understand or maybe pull something out of Wally's character that I don't think I really realized until this episode. And that's that Wally's kind of a prodigy. You know, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe they've been trying to tell me this and, and as a viewer and I just haven't picked up on it and that's on me, but you know, there, there really is kind of this aspect of Wally where he's, you know, he's constantly wanted to move forward. He's constantly, he's been bored out of life. He really wants to, to move on to the next thing. You know, he was anticipating becoming a speedster before he even became one, that he was one. He was anticipating becoming a hero before he even was one. And then like almost every step of the way, as he gets that, you know, as he gets an inch, he takes and wants a mile. And, and he earns it along the way too, right? So like immediately, you know, he gets these powers. He's extremely proficient in them. He gets out there, he fights, he gets out there, he trains, and he's immediately doing well, you know, way over what Barry was doing uh, at, at his level. So, you know, I, I was kind of wrestling with this episode about the fact that Wally has progressed into becoming Kid Flash so quickly, or at least it feels so quickly. But I do think that there is kind of this prodigy element to his character. What do you think about that? Absolutely. Yeah, a- absolutely. Because, you know, as we saw in uh, season two, he was basically a genius with his engineering techniques, right, like uh, the, right. the engine he was trying to develop. Uh, he was a prodigy at racing that just seemed to come like basically anything that he does comes natural to him. Right. And so it would make sense that when he gets speed force powers, that those would come natural as well, based off all the other stuff we've seen. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. HR, you know, I, I was I was kind of going in my back and forth HR mode where I was like, I, can I trust this guy? Oh, he's 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 a good guy. Oh, he's kind of a jerk. Oh, he's got an ulterior motive. He's got this thing, right? HR, he has his moments. Like, what what is it that Princess Leia says to Han Solo? Like, you have your moments, not not often, but you do have them or something like that. <laughs> yeah, like, that's when they're on the. Uh- uh, the Star Destroyer. Right, exactly. And they drop off with the garbage. Yeah, th- this yeah. is this is essentially like my my philosophy on HR. Like he has his moments. They're not not very often, but when he does have them, they're pretty spectacular. And and you know his uh, moment that he had with Joe. Bel- so he he said, you know, he's looking to achieve his potential, and, and if you don't let him, he's going to find it elsewhere. And and that was like the Wells that, line of the night, right? Dude, yes, he he freaking Papa Joe to Papa Joe. I know it was crazy. It's like the tables have turned. The shoe is on the other foot. Cats and dogs living together. Mass pandemonium. What is going on? I know. I know. This, this is clearly a Flashpoint universe right here with this with this kind of thing. Right. Yeah. But here's the thing. I mean, like it. It. it he gets these moments. He like he had the hope moment a couple episodes back, and that was that was his deal. And so like it is pretty ridiculous that uh, that this is that this is happening. But he is. I, I do think that there is an aspect of HR where we're not getting the full story. Like I feel like there's either some pain behind where that's coming from. That's almost like he kind of puts on this goofy exterior and then you kind of see this refined moment of like, I don't know, inner knowledge or something of that nature, or it's, it's the other way around. I, I, I'm still trying to figure him, figure him out. I agree. I agree. Cause like, you know, we had the, the, uh, the moment where he Papa Joe's Papa Joe. And then we had the moment when Savitar comes through Julian 
and this is this is where I was kind of weirded out about him, right? Because we have that moment, that deep moment, and uh, then there's also the bonding that he's kind of doing with Wally while he's training. After all this scary stuff, right? HR just he completely brings light to the situation. He goes, "Oh, oh wow, that was really scary. What do you guys think?" You know, and it's that weirded me out because everybody else is like, "Holy crap!" You know, this is some serious stuff. And HR is just kind of like, mm, "Yeah, you know, that, that was pretty neat." Well, for me, what it was, was it? it was when actually he goes to send in Wally and to fight Savitar, and I'm like, "Oh, dude, no, he's not ready for that." But then he was, and I was like, oh, "Okay, well, okay." <laughs> like, I had faith in Wally. You didn't have faith in Wally right there. Not, I, no, I, I, I knew Wally was going to you know hold his own. I'm saying theoretically, that, kind of. I'm saying that it's it's not that I don't have faith in Wally. It's that earlier this episode we saw Savitar punch Jay Garrick so hard it turned him into freaking Matrix Reloaded CGI. Like it was, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like there was uh the, the if 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 Jay Garrick almost is killed by Savitar, you know Wally. Eh, I don't think he can go toe well, hang to hang on a minute. Yeah. Hang on a minute. Now, uh, Savitar, the only reason why he's going to fight Barry in the first place is because he's more powerful than Jay. Uh, that's that's basically what Jay admitted to, because Jay yeah, said yeah, um, he had unlocked a, a level you know, that Jay had never been to. Yeah, uh, I was totally expecting Jay to get his butt kicked by Savitar, uh, even more savagely than he did. Wally, that was that was the ace up the sleeve because I didn't know exactly how he'd fare because he's faster than Barry at that particular at training milestone. That stage, but, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I don't know if he was faster than Jay or fast. I mean, clearly he's not as fast as Barry right now. Uh, so that was that was interesting. And as uh, Scott Garner in the chat pointed out, the uh, the line, the the, the great, uh, you know, hey, Metal Mouth, that, that's like, you know, classic <laughs> Kid Flash, right? That was great. That was right. wonderful. Yeah, no, that was that was that was epic. Uh, and I, I did, you know, I did like his brat. There was like this look on his face as soon as he got in the room. He was so excited to like suit up and get in there and like, this is my moment. <laughs> and then he's staring down this freaking transformer speedster. He's like, uh, uh, what do I do now? <laughs> he's like slapped around. He's like, ah, uh, crap. <laughs> yeah. It's not exactly like, you know, stopping a bank robbery. I mean, when you think about it, I mean, this it, it, it does kind of play into that that, um, you know, high level of, of expectation that while he holds himself to and, and that we've seen, I mean, you know, he's not just getting out there and stopping bank robberies. He's going straight for alien invasions and speed gods. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Isn't that great? Like how, how is, yeah, that, that I talk about trial by fire, right? Right. You know, Barry had all these like little tiny things that kind of trained him and got him incrementally better. Wally is fighting the God of speed <laughs> right, as his right, first right, outing right as kid that's flash. <laughs> that's like exponential growth. Yeah. <laughs> Wally, Wally is going to get fast real quick, real quick. Real quick, man. Yeah, I hear you. And so, yes, yeah, so there's there's still some kind of questionable in, in terms of uh, in terms of HR. Let's talk about Julian. You know, we had a lot of speculation about Julian and his relationship with Savitar and how that plays into Doctor Alchemy. We speculated even even as recent as I think last episode of the one before that, where we talked about is Savitar speaking directly through Julian? Is he essentially possessing him? And we got a confirmation this episode that yes, that is in fact the case. Yeah, and I was going to say, because earlier you mentioned, you know, we got that reveal that Julian was was Dr. Alchemy and that Dr. Alchemy was a lackey of Savitar. But this was a really neat twist on it in that, yes, he's a lackey, but he's an unwilling accomplice. He doesn't know that he is Dr. Alchemy. Uh, and so I thought that was kind of a neat reveal on a reveal. And so while, yes, they, they kind of had the reveal that he was alchemy, we, they didn't have the extent of that, uh, you know, how willing he uh, a participant he was in the, in the whole thing. Yeah. So that, that was kind of cool to see that. Julian, you know, I, I like the dynamic that he brings to the team overall. So it was interesting to find out that, 
you know, that, that he had no control or, or it seemed as though he had no knowledge about what was going on in terms of being taken over by Savitar. Although I, I wonder about that because didn't we actually see Savitar talking to Julian before taking him over? We see scenes of Savitar speaking in his mind. Mm-hmm. Because because anytime like because that's what happens. He says, Julian, I need because like in the hospital, uh, he he hears the, the voice. Uh, then he goes outside and then he sees him right there. And then there was this scene where he hears the voice and he goes to the he basically always ends up going to to the the box like the tools the little toolbox in the lab or whatever right, that he right. has all his uh which why would you why would you hide your alchemy stuff in your in in the workplace uh well in all you fairness know? that was the exact same drawer where barry used to keep his costume ah uh, true so true. i mean like you know if we're gonna give him a hard time <laughs> we gotta go back to season <laughs> one and give barry a, fair enough yeah so fair i mean that, that was that was the exact same drawer i recognized it immediately um but yeah no that that's uh you know it, it, it is what it is he in all fairness he's not in his right mind I think to some extent, you know, I, I had speculated that perhaps in, in the uh, se- season premiere when we saw the scratching on the glass that, you know, you, you maintain that that's all happening in their mind. I, I think that that was Savitar scratching that into the glass. I don't think that was just in the mind. No, uh, it's totally in the mind uh, because you can see when he's in uh, when Wally was in the um, uh, the pipeline, there's an alchemy being scratched on the pipeline glass, but there is no alchemy there after he is released. And yeah. when he's like, they subsequently show the pipeline. All right. All right. So. Fair enough. I, 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 I still think I don't know. I just think that's going to come up again at some point. I could be wrong. I could definitely be wrong. Uh, we got uh, Cisco for a brief moment. Looks like he may become the new alchemy. Uh, you know, being tempted by the dark side, as it were. You know, I, I thought about it earlier when they when they showed kind of the you know previously on the Flash, and we briefly got a scene of Dante. I thought, ooh, they're showing us Dante. They want us to remember what Dante looks like. It's like, oh, <laughs> I wonder why that might be. I thought the same thing, and then uh, like in my head when I when I saw you know uh, the preview for him, and I saw his you know his name pop up in the credits, and I was like. Hmm, this is interesting. What if Dante is Savitar? <laughs> I mean, and then they, I mean, kind of, I guess, you know, he, he's been, he's people's memories, like manipulating them so he could be, you know, whatever. But uh, they showed the guy, they showed Savitar uh, right before he turned into Savitar. And that guy was yoked. And I don't think Dante's brother is nearly as yoked <laughs> as the guy they showed. So, so that, that kind of shut my theory down right there. Well, and, you know, the fact that, that, you know, Savitar, the, his history being the future kind of opens up some questions as, in terms of how that all plays out, especially if Dante is dead. Uh, you know, in, in, in terms of actually future past, obviously the episode is called present, but we actually opened up on a flashback of Julian in this, you know, on, in this archaeological dig four years ago. And I, I immediately kind of had to ask the question like, well, is that four years ago pre- Flashpoint or four years ago post Flashpoint, which I, I think it's probably safe to assume that it's post Flashpoint. But um, any, any thoughts on that? You know, I'm kind of uh, of the mind that Julian didn't even exist before Flashpoint because <laughs> we never hear anything about him. You know, there's nothing there. And obviously it, it's you know, you can't really you know do that because the writers in season one had no idea in season three where we'd be going. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to say. Simply because Alchemy's entire or, or, or Savitar's entire thing, at least this episode, what he was trying to do with the Alchemy Stone was to give powers to uh, or, or bring out all the Flashpoint metas to this timeline as servants of Savitar that uh, 
this was a post flashpoint thing. Okay. Well, I, I just want to say that, that just the, the fact that we get a four years ago flashback, given some of the, the questions about how the, the timeline is folded in on itself, especially with the earth Two connection and how different earths have their own timelines. It's such a, it, what was the, um, what was the, the what was the Batman quote? If if I had a week, I wouldn't have a, have time to list all the reasons why that doesn't work or something like that. <laughs> it's, yeah, prob- yeah. it's probably best at some point. Who knows? Maybe during the break, we'll put out an episode that is just like all speedster speculation and us just trying to figure out time travel on the Flash. Um, well, well, you know, we got to keep in mind that uh, you know Barry uh, he went back and he stopped himself from saving his mom, and at that point, that's how he refix the timeline no, no, so, no. So any, no you're any... pulling me in no don't don't you dare don't you dare okay okay, okay. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll do it later we'll do it later okay but, <laughs> right. uh, all, I, all i'm trying to say is that, that there could be things that uh that some changes that happened before barry actually went in back uh, went back in time for flashpoint well one assumes one way or the other that that, that savitar did exist or at least the legend of savitar did exist prior to flashpoint uh, given the fact yes. that Jay Garrick is familiar with him, you know, we, we, which is an interesting thing in and of itself, because it seems like Jay Garrick is more in tune with the speed force, yet he's not as fast as Barry or as powerful as Barry. Oh, yeah, he's he's well, I don't know. It, I, I feel like Jay goes and like has beers with the speed force on weekends, whereas Barry just doesn't. Here's the thing. And, and it, Achieving something is not the same as sustaining something. I would I would argue that perhaps Jay's sustained speed is on par if not faster than Barry's however Barry has at points in his life tapped into a speed that Jay has yet to tap into he has higher potential speed force well, not even Jay. not even potential I would I would just say that like if you and I are jumping all right like you and I are jumping up and down right and so we're we're jumping we're at the same level and like at some point I just like give it my all and I jump you know five inches higher than you jump. I can't do that all the time. I just was able to do that that one time. If I do that all the time, I'm going to break my legs. So okay. like, so when I'm doing my thing, I'm like at the same level you are. But I've at, at some point in my history, I went further than you. But that doesn't mean that I exist further than you. You know what I mean? I suppose. That's the way that I interpreted that. I don't know, man. I, I think um, given, I mean, it's Jay Garrick, <laughs> like, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. He, he's the OG flash. And I mean, I know that Barry is faster than him and, and is destined to be faster than him one way or the other, but I, so we're only three, we're only three seasons in, you know, give it, give it some time, Truth. give it some time. Yeah. Six seasons in a movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, we're already getting a movie. Uh, but not kind of. Yeah. <laughs> it's Ezra Miller. It's Ezra Miller, which there's nothing wrong with Ezra Miller, but it is. Uh, it's, oh, dude, I'm excited for Justice I am League. so right stoked. Now. I was actually looking at that clip from Suicide Squad with Flash in it earlier and uh, getting getting hyped about it. But uh, but that's a whole other Earth. Literally, it is a whole other Earth. Cisco, back back to Cisco. He gets tempted by the the ghost of his of his brother. Uh, ultimately, gets kind of pulled into opening up the box. Caitlin talks him down. Now, during this interaction, during the, the, the moment in which he does open the box and he is kind of being controlled by Savitar, it, it made me wonder that that vibe that he got of a future where he, as vibe, or at least in his gear, is fighting Caitlin as what we perceive to be Killer Frost. What if it's actually the reverse of what we saw that to be? What if at some point in the near future, Savitar controls Cisco? And Cisco, in that, you know, vision that he got, is actually aggressively fighting 
Caitlin as the antagonist and Caitlin is trying to save Cisco. So it'd be like Siskatar. Uh, yes, yeah, Siskatar. <laughs> His name just does lend itself to so many different uh, parodies. Or Savico. <laughs> Siskatar or Savico. Are Hashtag you, either one. Let us you, know. Are you shipping them or are you you saying? <laughs> yeah. I'm super villaining them. Okay. Super super super, super villaining. Super villa, villa, vilifying. Super villifying. Yes. There we go. There it is. Uh. Yeah, I don't know. I thought about that. That 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 would be interesting. Or it maybe what if it's something different? What if it's like Savitar uh comes to Caitlin and and is like, "Hey, yo Caitlin, you know those powers that you don't like? Well, guess what? I can take them away." And then Caitlin gets possessed and they fight. Yeah, that could be as well. That could be but there is something about seeing the future and then getting a twist on it, right? I mean, I think to some extent that <laughs> what the twist? I, I I do think that to some extent that plays into uh, more and in, in what we saw tonight. But I I do think that maybe there might be something there. I mean, just the very fact that Cisco was so easily tempted by, you know, a villain, you know, tempted to turn to the dark side, so to speak. I mean, not directly. He wasn't actually doing anything particularly wrong, but he was opening Pandora's box. Which, by the way, what's what's up with that box? Uh, yeah, you know, I would like to know because it's really neat that it doesn't show up on anything yet. It still has mass. Like it gives off no radiation. They can't tell, uh, what it's composed of, uh, all these tests and they can't figure it out. So it must be made of something very, very interesting. And I wonder if the box and the stone, if like, I, I want to know, I want to know more about that because there's gotta be something, something special about it because that's where Barry supposedly trapped Savitar according to this episode in the future. So, but it looks really old, right? So, so what did, does Barry, is Barry going to time travel again and screw the timeline up again to, to get this, this relic? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, um, I think time travel is definitely in, in order here. Uh, especially given, like I said, with, with the fact that Savitar's past appears to be Barry's future or maybe not. He mentioned that it was uh, a future flash that did something to him that kind of inspired, uh, the ordeal that we got. Well, I feel like we're getting ahead of ourselves even talking about that. But at the same time, there's so much to speculate about here. Yeah, that's true. There's so much to speculate with Savitar, man. There really is. Uh, I guess for the moment, let's touch on this. The fact that he he very specifically referenced future Flash. Flash doing something in the future. And I got to ask you, man, is this, in your opinion, is this literally something that is going to take place in the future? Or is this referring to future Barry who was left in the past? Now, we talked about Wait, this before. Ho- um, if you go back to the future past in the room where, you know, it happens in the room where Barry's mom was killed. Yeah. Uh, original episode, right? Like the, the, when it, when, it, when everything that we know so far pans out in the room where Barry's mom dies, future flash, a, a flash that we have yet to see go back in time. Future flash goes into that room and takes baby Barry out into the street. He rescues young Barry. Yeah. Theoretically, that's the same flash that looked at Barry and shook his head saying, no, 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 don't do this. We don't know that that's the case, but, but theoretically it is. And so we saw in the pilot episode, uh, a future flash or the future flash, take young Barry out into the street and then run around the corner. He ran away. Yeah. So there is kind of a question of that that future Barry could be at large and in play and have done something to this Savitar, or it could be that literally something that Barry does in the future affects the Savitar, which I guess is technically theoretically true one way, you know, either way you slice it. But 
What what are your thoughts on that? I think it's I think it's future Barry. And my biggest question from that is whether or not this is uh, 2026 future Barry or if this is 2045 or 2056 future Barry. Right, right. It's all over the place, right? I mean, it could be five yeah. months Barry. Yeah, yeah. And, and and for all I know, is 2026 future Barry the same as 2056 future Barry? Mm, that's a good point. That's a good point. This was and a, so yeah. Yeah, so so I, I definitely think it's it's a future Barry. Uh, I don't think it's the Barry of this season because that's the thing. Like Savitar uh, knows all this stuff way in the future uh, that, that's going to happen to them. It doesn't sound like. Well, I don't know. Maybe 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 it is. Maybe maybe this is end of season three Barry. It could be. It could be. I mean, like, is it is it contractually? Are they contractually obligated to send Barry back to that room at the end of every single season? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe you never know. Maybe, maybe there's a CW executive like the guy who likes the big spiders that Kevin Smith talks about, <laughs> who like really likes revisiting, uh, you know, rooms and houses. And he's like, I really like that house. We should come back here every season, or we're not going to do the show. As uh, somebody Peters, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, Scott Peters, I think maybe yeah, that might be it. Um, yeah, no, I I don't know, I don't know about that, but uh, could could be kind of interesting. Caitlin, uh, you know, for for her part, she did have a lot of great heroic moments. Uh, we've definitely kind of seen her take a do a complete. 180 from her killer frost uh storyline but she is using her powers you know we did get that special moment at the end of the episode where she does make it snow uh and give them a white christmas which i thought was uh, she really made special. it caitlin snow uh, yeah hey oh that was terrible yeah it was, it was pretty bad uh, <laughs> i i thought actually that we were gonna see her jump into the fight i mean like you know we've talked about it before but so far yeah. the the most effective that anyone has been fighting savitar has been caitlin that is true and so the fact that she still is kind of you know in the background i mean she's wearing i mean that was her she was she was still wearing her uh you know she's she's going out of her way to suppress her powers like the fact that she even made it snow outside was it was kind of a big deal right like it was kind of her saying like okay let me do my elsa thing i'm gonna make everything all special and and pretty and whatnot but I mean, like they they, they could have used some Caitlyn Snow, like the, when Wally went in, which was great for Wally. I mean, like legitimately, Caitlyn could have gone in there and shut everything down immediately. Well, I mean, yes and no. That's that's the thing, though, right? Is that you know, yes, she's doing everything in her power to con- to subdue and control her powers because you know she's scared of Killer Frost that comes out because Killer Frost, when when she expresses her powers, she's a bad person. Like that, that's true. What happens? Yeah. And so, uh, what would be better to stop Savitar that one time and then have a you know homicidal killer killer frost mm. out there? I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. I don't. I that doesn't sound better. That sounds worse. Essentially, they'd be trading one villain for another. I hadn't thought about it like that. Yeah, yeah, and a villain that has a power set that is you know <laughs> exactly the counter to Flash's power. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> like even with with Savitar as as with Zoom and and Reverse Flash before him, like these were it was just like I'm you, but I'm better than you. Whereas technically, like Killer Frost is like, nope, I can shut you down immediately. <laughs> yeah, I I am the you know. The hard counter, if you will, to your powers. Man. Oh, dude, she is going to be such a huge big bad, maybe season four. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. She's going to be awesome. Own. I think, I think that that is definitely in her future, which uh, kind of hints towards some things to come. But first, we got to, of course, talk about the fact that Joe uh, progressing in his love life, which is great. We, uh, we mentioned at the top of the show, but of course, we got another reference to Grandma Esther and her amazing eggnog. I'm so glad they brought it back this year. I'm kind of... I'm still a little, uh, still a little burnt that Grandma Esther got got kind of thrown under the rug last year. Nobody even mentioned the famous nog, 
but uh, but they made up for it in spades with the nog off. That's true, and I can't wait to do our nog off. <laughs> That's right, man. It's gonna be. It's going to make me nod off. <laughs> That's pretty forced, right there. That's pretty forced. Pretty oh yeah. Forced. So yeah, man, nog all the way. It's a nog off. Did you? I mean, I, for me, I envisioned Billy Zane going. It's a nog off. It's a nog off, people. That was the very first thing that came into my head, and I looked <laughs> for like a. Uh, I was on my phone because I, I didn't want to live tweet just because I, I really wanted to pay attention to this episode because it's you know the the uh, mid season finale. And uh, all that kind of stuff. But I as soon as that commercial break came off, I looked for a meme generator for uh, Billy Zane saying, you know, it's a walk off and tried to apply it for it's a nog off. And I made I managed to do it. But for some reason, I couldn't save the picture on my phone. And so I couldn't tweet it. Uh, and so that that was lost. However, I will tweet one later because, I mean, why not? Why not? Uh, but why not? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's, it's a nog off. It's definitely a nog off. <laughs> but I loved it. All right, let's talk about our uh, lovebirds. Let's talk about what's going on with Iris and I Barry. I don't, I don't want to. No, man, it's okay. It's okay. Look, for me, man, I just I just downed a whole glass of gin and tonic. I feel a little bit uh, I feel a little bit more ready to talk about this than I did. Uh, it's too soon. Heart wrenching, dude. Okay, so uh, Iris. Yeah. All right, so we all saw the episode. There's no reason to yeah. hold back spoilers. I mean, if you're listening to this, you know you know what we do. You know what we're about. You know you know what this is. And so let me just go ahead and say this right here, right now. No Iris, no Flash. Yeah. No Iris, no Flash. Don't you dare. Don't you dare take Iris away from me. Well, I'm- I mean, if it, 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 it's not going to be permanent. I mean, come on, let's be real. Well, okay. So, so here's the issue, right? Like you have to, they're the not going like, to write on the table. Right. And, and, and I'm going to go into to the details here because there, there's a lot of different aspects, right? Like they're not just going to come up and say, uh, you know, well, let's just write Iris out because that would be a really neat storyline. Maybe there's something going on and maybe like Candace Patton has some scheduling conflicts or something in the future that's going to come up and maybe they kill her for a little while. I don't know. No. Maybe they no. fix it. I don't know. Th- Why would you even <laughs> say that? Why would you? No, no. That's because that's what I'm saying. Like, no, that's, Iris, that's no, flash. Be the no Iris, no flash bell. No, Iris, I agree. No flash. I agree. But that's the thing is that those conflicts, and those scheduling, conflicts, like this is stuff like outside of the of the writer's room. This is outside of the writer's room. This is external influences on this show. And if, if, if anything like that, if they actually do decide to kill off Iris, I agree with you 100 percent. No Iris, no flash. If they actually agree to do it to kill off Iris, there's going to be some kind of extenuating circumstance that's outside of the writer's control. No, no, I. No. That is <laughs> the only way. That is the only way. Here's here's why they do that. Here's here's the reality though. Here here's here's what I think. I think we're safe, and this is why, because Barry now has spoiler knowledge. Like they we got they got the killing off of Iris. Like we, we now that we we since we saw it happen, then I think that's a guarantee that it won't happen. Right. Like, like, yeah, for sure. And, and, and to be fair, like it was like it, it did the emotional thing it was supposed to do in terms of like, you know, getting the stakes high or higher and, and really kind of getting us as an audience engaged in what was happening and pulling for Barry and, and feeling the blow of, of that death of that, you know, being, being stabbed to the chest like that, like, like that, I felt that. And like, cause that is technically, technically her dying in a future. Like we did just see Iris die. Barry just saw Iris die. Um, and so, you know, he comes back and now he's, he's all kind of tormented. And I mean, we gotta, we gotta make mention of this too. I mean, this is the first time that Barry has ever traveled to the future. Now, was that incidental? Do you think like, did he accidentally go? 
well to the future did uh, i say actually yeah, did he accidentally go to the future there is an argument to be made now that i think about it in terms of like um when with the episode i guess from season two where he ran back to the past to talk to hg abard uh, to yeah. get training. And then technically he went back to the present after that, which was technically their future. So arguably he's gone. Like he has run forward in time before. Um, well, no, the, the point that he made though, in the episode was, is like, I've always run oh, back right. in time and I've yeah. always come, come right back to the present. That's true. So yeah, he, he's never traveled into the future. Technically he's always traveled back to his, pre- to his present. Like he is the anchor point, right? So like he goes back in time, then he bounces back to where he left. Well, no, the, that- the present is the anchor point, not him. Well, yeah. I mean, wherever he is in the present is where he's going to come back to. Gotcha. Yeah, no, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I see that. But still, big, big moment for him to be able to jump. I guess he was technically thrown, right? I mean, he didn't actually run to the future. It was kind of almost like a side product of him tossing the box into the speed force. Yeah, and that's what Jay seems to say. It's like, you weren't supposed to see that. Like, that was... I you know I didn't know <laughs> how that happened. Like, see sorry. anything? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I see nothing. <laughs> yeah, it seemed like it was an accident. Mm-hmm. And Jay also confirmed that you know just because you saw that future doesn't mean it was the future. I'm telling you, man. Like I don't know if they're actually going to go this route, but they are laying the groundwork for why Barry would need a Gideon. You know what I mean? Like Gideon is making more and more sense every single episode that time travel is involved. He's like, I have to do something to prevent myself from screwing up time. Or, or at least at least from seeing like, oh, oh, I saw this in the future is what I'm doing now, you know, changing that. Or I go, I accidentally go back to the past or I intentionally go back to the past. I want to tweak this one thing. How is that going to like Gideon is extremely necessary. Extremely yeah. necessary. And and it seems like uh, at least in H. Uh, Giabard's eyes that the Red Skies Crisis event was really the most important thing mm. for Barry to do. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, because every time H. Giabard changed the timeline, he always asked Gideon, you know, to to show him the future news to make sure that it was the same. And the only time he ever freaked out for one of his changes was when uh, you know Barry lost his powers, and like there were no mention. There's no mention of Barry Allen anywhere in the newspaper or in uh, that that future. Well, okay. Well, here's here's what I would kind of say to that. It, it may be that that's more of just kind of a touch point for him. You know, like you know, if if we can perhaps assume that uh, that that Eobard stole the costume and everything from the Flash Museum, maybe that is actually a hologram or a picture of a hologram in the Flash Museum. And so like that, that was kind of like a milestone for him that he was able to kind of snap, have Gideon snap and just kind of hold that in wait and then go back to that exact same point in the future to, to regurgitate what that same image would be if it was captured in that exact same moment that it was originally captured. I don't know. There's a lot of different ways they could do that. For me, it kind of reminded me of, um, did you, did you, uh, do you watch Beast Wars? Uh, No. Well, I, I'll spoil a little bit of Beast Wars, but that was like a way early 90s. Oh, no, show. a 20-year-old show. <laughs> I know, I know. But but so so there's this whole plot line that was kind of introduced late into that series, which was that um, Megatron, which was a descendant of the original Megatron, they these uh, Transformers all went back in time and were on prehistoric Earth. And uh, the the evil side, the evil Megatron, was gifted with a picture of a mountain from his predecessor. And so basically he went to that mountain, pulled up the picture, then blew up the mountain and then saw the picture change, which meant that the actions they took in the past 
had effects on what would happen in the present or in the, in the future. And so there was kind of like this, this idea of like, you know, pictures captured, uh, will, will be impacted by, by what was captured before. Anyway, that always reminded me of that. And so for the very few people out there that remember beast wars, y'all will appreciate and understand that reference. Everyone else, I apologize for wasting your time. I'll tell you what we're not going to do is waste your time any further and talk about what you really want us to talk about. And that's the prophecy. The prophecy that was put forth by Savitar in this particular episode. Now, Savitar, as we find out this episode, not necessarily a deity, just someone who has made himself to be a deity, declared himself such based on his background, uh, that he was the, as Jay Garrick described, original speedster, however, has some sort of incident or experience with Barry in uh, Barry's future, or at least a future version of Barry. Savitar tells them that he knows their futures. He knows them all individually. And he can tell them things about their future and thus lays down a prophecy, which is that one of you will betray the others. One of you will fall and one of you has a fate worse than death. And Bell, that is going to bring us to this week's Speedster Speculation. Just, just, just a moment. Uh, did, he, did he say fall? Or, I thought he said die. He said fall. He said fall. But I mean, I think we can assume that's die. I'm I'm assuming that's die. Yeah. He said one of you, one of you will betray. Like basically, one of you is a betrayer. One of you will fall, and one of you has a fate worse than death. Yeah, which is going to be buried for sure. Oh really? Oh, it's got to be right. I saw that as Caitlin. Okay, good. I thought these were extremely obvious. I'm glad that we're going to have some differentiation here. Uh, all right. So let's. Uh, that being the case, let's start with fall slash assumed die. Who do you think? Savitar is referring to and which one is going to die well i think that's pretty obvious that it's iris okay i don't think it's iris all right explain I, yourself okay so obviously we saw iris die but the fact that we saw iris die means that she's not going to die in my opinion i, I don't think they're going to kill iris because for one thing she's just too integral to the story hopefully they learn their lesson uh in terms of like the dc tv universe with what happened with laurel and the backlash they got there but but on top of that, like I just don't think it's going to be Iris. They wouldn't show us Iris dying if Iris was going to die at the season finale. I mean, Barry even came back from the future and said very specifically, oh, it's five months from now. And I'm sitting here thinking like, oh, am I looking at my TV guide thinking, oh, well, five months from now happens to be the season finale. Isn't that convenient? <laughs> so, I mean, like, you know, the fact that we saw her die means it's probably not going to be her. My guess is that someone will sacrifice themselves to save Iris. And of everybody in that room, the person I could only, like the, the main person I could think of who would both sacrifice themselves to save Iris and would make the most sense to kind of kick it at this stage in the game is Joe. Uh, I maybe think, they're going to like try to pare down Team Flash. I think that Joe's going to die. I think that's who, who he's referring to for in terms of who's going to fall, who's going to die. Um, I hate that. I, I do hate that. <laughs> But, but at the same time, it makes sense, especially if you kind of look at the, the hero's journey and what role that Joe really facilitates. It's the same role his father facilitated, right? It's kind of this master mentor. The mentor has to die in order for the, the hero to progress. And so from that standpoint, it makes a lot of sense that, you know, three seasons in, you know, Joe, he's got his kids, he's got his family in order. You know, um, he's, he's found out about his son. His son is kind of going beyond what he can even do with Wally. You know, Iris is, I mean, like, basically his job is done. The events that are taking place are beyond that of mortal men, of which he currently and definitely is. 
I think, and don't get me, I don't want this to happen. Don't, don't misunderstand. Cause I, I love Joe. Like, like he, he's, he's oh, one yeah. of my favorite characters on the series. And so, <laughs> which by the way, leads me further to believe that they're going to kill him because I love him so much, <laughs> but that's so, so your vote is Iris. You think it's Iris. Well, okay. Okay. First, first let, let me explain something. Yeah. Uh, we're going off Savitar's prophecy. We're going off this Savitar's Savit- prophecy. Yeah. Savitar says that he knows the future. Now he knows a particular version of the future because he's from the future. Barry saw a particular version of the future. And so that is what, uh, that's why I think that Iris is uh, Savitar. When he says that one of you is going to, to fall, he means Iris. That's who he is talking out because he kills her. Mm, right now, okay, okay. whether or not that's the person who actually dies is a different question. You see what I'm saying? I do see what you're saying. I do see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Now, uh, yeah, obviously Iris being the one to fall makes sense because that's who we see die. And that's who I think Savitar is talking about when he says someone who's going to fall is Iris. Now, your point. Oh, come on, man. That's not fair. That's like saying that, like, oh, well, we already know the answer because we've already seen it happen. So, like, and, and you're ch- and you're making it so that even if it's somebody else, you're right because we already saw that happen. No, 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 no. That, that, that's not what I'm saying. Like, uh, th- I, I think that's what Savitar, that's what that's who Savitar's talking about when he says someone's going to fall. But I think, you know, you're right. They're, they're not going to kill Iris. It's going to be somebody else. Uh, uh, so, and, and, so and that's drop a verse, share some knowledge. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, no, you have to speculate. This is the thing. We, we, we mark it down now so that at the end of the season, we can go back and see who is right. Yeah, I, you know, I'm thinking it's got to be Julian. Oh, interesting. Because, I mean, like, that's the thing is, is, is you know, is Julian going to come back next season? I don't know. Probably not. Uh, you have this cast. Like, killing Joe would be a huge move. It would be a very bold move on their part. Um, but and, and the thing is, uh, the, the great thing about this show, the thing I love so much is that, you know, we killed Henry Allen and then we got Earth 3 doppelganger Henry Allen, Jake Garrick. So if they kill Joe, we're going to get Earth 37 doppelganger Jake Garrick. Uh, <laughs> that's actually Joe West. Right, right, right. Uh, <laughs> so so maybe, you know, he won't actually be gone. But, uh, you know, I, I you what if they got Earth it. 2? What if they got Earth 2, Joe? <laughs> it's like the, oh, the lounge singer Joe. The lounge singer oh, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Oh, that'd be wonderful. Uh, yeah. So, so I'm thinking about it, and like, if somebody's going to die, I don't know. It it would make sense to me because Julian. So Julian is is this tormented character. He really is. Is he? Uh, his, I mean, he's got his, his sister died, but I mean, like, they've all they've all had people die. His sister died. His parents don't like him because he always spends Christmas alone because he blew his inheritance. Uh, he, he's 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 like a very tragic character. Uh, and. I mean, that's maybe maybe that's something, uh, you know, he said he wanted to be alone. So he doesn't like Christmas and there's got to be a reason behind that. I think they're going to develop him to show him be this tragic character. And I think that what he's going to do uh, is is perhaps sacrifice himself to save Iris or to save someone else. I don't know. But I think if someone's going to die, it's going to be Julian and it's going to be in a redemptive sort of thing. It's going to be in a way to kind of stuff it to Savitar, right? Interesting. Like you've been using me and as Dr. Alchemy, as you as your minion against my will. Uh, I, I, I wasted, you know, all this time and energy trying to find this thing. And then when I finally do, I became an unwilling servant to this God of speed and, uh, kind of like Eddie's sacrifice. It'll, it'll almost mirror Eddie's sacrifice. Uh, there, there are a lot of Eddie vibes. One. Yeah. There are a lot of Eddie vibes with Julian. I definitely see that. Okay. Yeah, all right. Yeah. So you're saying, all right. So for, for die slash fall, whatever that means, uh, you're saying Julian, I'm saying Joe. All right. Next up betray. There is a betrayer in the midst. 
Who See, do this you, one's hard. I, I don't think it's that hard. Like to me, like all of these, I, I kind of immediately saw, oh, well, this is clearly this person, this person, this person. I'm glad that you you don't see it that way because that, that makes for better podcasting. <laughs> that makes for better commentary. Well, <laughs> okay. Okay. So so first off, we, we have to go. There, there's two aspects here. So uh, like I said earlier, uh, Savitar indicates that, 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 that Iris is going to be the one to die. My prediction is that it's actually going to be Julian. Your prediction is actually going to be Joe. Right. Uh, who is Savitar talking about? And then who do we think is actually going? No. Because obviously, no. while it's going to change the future, are we still doing this? Like, I, I think no. I, I, it, it doesn't make. I think it, it, what I, what I, what we're speculating is when we come to the season finale, when the season is done, who will have been the person? Like, who will we have seen? That's what matters. Like yeah, who? Okay. Like like the, nothing else matters other than what actually happens. So that's the speculation. Except for Iris, I in, in the in the in the die category, sure. I, I think that was important because fair we enough. actually see Iris die. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I want to. Since you think it's easy, I want to hear what you have to say. No. All right. So all right, it's HR. It's got to be HR. He's still like of all of the characters, he's he's got a lot of cards close to his chest, man. Like the, he does drop these gems from time to time, but let's not underplay the fact that. Savitar refers to him as the fake Wells. Now, why would he say that? Why would he say the fake Wells? Like, technically, he is Harrison Wells, who's actually pretending to be someone else entirely on this earth. And yeah. if, if he said, like, like he is a Harrison Wells, and like, you know, I, I'm, I, I don't know. There's something about the fact that he calls him the fake Wells. I mean, we know that Savitar exists beyond multiple Earths. Right. Like the fact that even Jay would be familiar with him means something. Um, and so like that kind of felt a little like, yeah, that's got to be there. And then, like I said, there is there's just something about him that just seems off. And I think when it's all like said and done. <sighs> dang it, so, now, so now you got me thinking about it. So you think it's Cisco, don't you? No, I don't think it's Cisco. I, I, I think I think the red herring is everybody's going to think it's Caitlin because of the Killer Frost thing. I think, well, I think she qualifies for another category, but, but okay. So, so what are you, what are you going to say? What are you going to say? Well, so, so I, I, I'm torn between HR and Caitlin, uh, because I, I think Caitlin is the choice because the whole killer frost angle, it would make sense. Like she uses her powers maybe in, in an attempt to save somebody like she did before. And it, now it's permanent and she's killer frost and she has to betray him. But then again, that's not really a betrayal because she's turned evil. So I don't know. Um, with HR, I, I, I was I was completely on board with the whole like they're not going to make HR be this duplicitous person this season until he came out of the whole Savitar meeting all like, whoa, that was creepy, guys. What do you think? Well, oh, you know, and I'm like, OK, OK, that, that's not the reaction to have in that situation. And you know, you know what HR really feels made like? me question it. You know what HR feels like to me? Who? He kind what? of he's kind of got like a foreign exchange student thing going on. You know what I mean? Like, I can see that. Like, like he's 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 part of, like he's hanging out with everybody, but he still doesn't quite feel like it feels like he's more there to like gain the experience of being with everybody as opposed to actually building a relationship with everybody. No offense to anybody who's been part of a foreign exchange program. My, my, <laughs> my wife, by the way, has been part of a foreign exchange program. Well, I have too. Yeah, no, no, this is true. You have as well. But my point is that like with the foreign exchange program, there's always kind of this like temporary nature to the relationship like it's not like oh i'm going to be here i'm going to live here and we're going to become best friends and everything is going to be great it's more of like oh i'm here to to learn the experience of of kind of your world and you're here uh, and you're offering up your home and your life so that i can kind of i guess you get some sort of benefit from me being here and whatever it might be point being he just he doesn't feel 
like he's here to stay. And it's odd because of all the Harrison Wells, like he, he has expressed an interest in actually wanting to stay, you know, like Eobard Thawne, he wanted to get back to the future as soon as he possibly could. Harrison Wells of earth two was just here to to take care of zoom. So he could lickety split back to earth two. Here we have HR who wants nothing to do with his original earth and really kind of wants to make a new name for himself. And yet he just doesn't feel like he flows with everyone. Yeah, yeah. I, I see what you're talking about, like the single serving friend kind of thing where he's like, right. I'm here to get information for my book and then peace out, I'm gone. Uh, so there's no sense in like wasting emotional you know, effort I don't, on I don't anybody. buy the book. I go back and forth on this, but that's the fact. Like HR, I keep on going back and forth with him. Like I can never quite it's, get a read on him. It's not a book. He, he He's not writing a book. He's collecting information for something else. And maybe it's to uh, – and oh, man – I, I know we're in speedster speculation. Uh, I saw some set photos. Did you see these set photos? Mm. Oh, no, I had not seen that. Oh, <laughs> I think I mean, I think that's pretty spoiler. I don't know. I don't know if we should talk about that. Uh, let's not. Let's not. But that's... it's but it's super. It's super. It's super neat. Uh, all right. So so so. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Dang it. Now I want to talk about that. And I mean, looking at the bridge of that nose, like you're the worst. Why would you show me this? Why would you show me this? Why would you show me this? I have seen this, but I, I, I immediately stopped reading it once I realized that it was giving up spoilers. Suffice to say, you have seen set images, which you have now shown me. Shame on you. Uh, yes. Of what's to come. Yes. And the implication would be that, in fact, there may be more to HR's story than what he has led on to be about. Now, whether or not that's the case is yet to be seen, but here's what's important. Is he the betrayer? Is the fact that we don't know his full story, or at least the speculation that we don't know his full story, does that qualify him for the betrayal role? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, because because I, I don't really know enough about that particular character that we're talking about that uh, you can find on the Internet by doing specific Google searches. Stop uh, it. Stop. To, to what are you doing? Right Why are you doing this to people? Shame on you. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> if you want, I'm saying it's a huge spoiler. It, I'm it, trying it's, to get it's I'm a, trying to gear us away from spoilers, Bell. I don't want to. I know. That's why I'm saying because people people get I was this curious. is what happened. I, I remember this. I remember this from season or like right before season two launched. Like we had people emailing me from like, like, oh, hey, I got uh, screenshots from Vancouver. And I'm like, hey, don't tempt me, Frodo. I don't want to see them. I'm trying to remain as pure as possible. <laughs> I would want to wield great good through the ring. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so I don't know. I mean, that, that's the thing. There, that, I think there's going to be more to HR, and I don't know if that's going to be a negative thing or a positive thing. Okay. So and, you say it's going to be either Caitlin or HR. Pick one because you got to pick one. I really, you know what? I, I'm going to stick with my guns, and I'm going to, I'm going to say that uh, that HR, it, we're not going to have the same old three seasons in a row. The HR is, you know, because HR else, betrayed him last season. Betrayed All right, so him you're saying Kalen? You're saying Kalen? <sighs> I mean, yeah. Okay, so here's my yeah. thing, because like I go back and forth. I, I originally my my knee jerk re- reaction was, oh, it's HR. But now that I've actually sat and thought about it, I was like, what if it's Cisco? Like I'm I'm starting to lean on maybe Cisco having a bit of a you know turn to the dark side arc. Um, so maybe it could be Cisco. I don't well, know. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna stick Let with me. my guns and I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going to, if you're sticking with your guns, I'm gonna stick with mine. I'm going to say HR. You're going to say Caitlin. 
Uh, can I can I amend it to be Caitlin or Cisco? No, you can't. You have to make a choice, man. Like, okay, fine, fine. <laughs> then then uh, we will look back upon it, this in five months. It's Cisco. It's Cisco. It's Cisco. No, it's sure. completely out of nowhere. No, no, no. You no, can't for, say for, it's one of two people. He vibed. That's the thing. That's that's the thing, right? The whole the whole vibe scene with him and Caitlin. That was the it, oh yeah, that's that's full on Killer Frost versus vibe. All right. And the, the the idea on everyone's head is of course it's going to be Killer Frost. It's going to be evil and vibes going to be the good guy fighting her. But what if this was a situation where uh, Cisco gets turned, he gets lured to the dark side just like Julian did, and the promise of getting his uh, getting his brother back just like Julian getting his sister back causes him to betray the team, and then Caitlin has to go and fight him. Yeah. Ah, uh, and this brings us into our fate worse than death. Okay, so hang on. So you're so you're you who originally said HR or Caitlin are now changing it to Cisco, which you got specifically from me. But all right, I'll put down Cisco for you, but I'm putting an asterisk by it that says you got that from me. And I'll say <laughs> HR because that was my gut reaction. Uh, all right, my, so yeah, my gut reaction was not HR, but uh because of those yeah, anyway. Um Fate so worse than fate death. worse than death. Yeah. Uh I I'll go ahead and say mine first. It's Caitlin. I thought you said Barry. Killer. I thought you said Barry was yours. Barry, Barry, the fate worse than death from Savitar's perspective is Barry because K, uh, because Iris is dead and that's like I mean you know oh, his okay that's, that's it that's I his connection that. that that's his everything and she is gone and that is a fate worse than death for, for Barry from Savitar's point of view. Uh, but since obviously Flash isn't going to let Barry or let Iris die, so uh, the the actual eventuality here is going to be Caitlyn and it's going to be Caitlyn turning to Killer Frost. That's something that she fears more than anything. It's a fate worse than death for her because she is no longer Caitlyn. She is completely, uh, you know, turns into Killer Frost and that would be a fate worse than death for her. Yeah, we agree on this completely. Yeah, yeah. And so that's why I think it's got to be Cisco because Cisco is going to go rogue and Caitlyn's going to be the only one that can stop him for some for for whatever reason. Uh, and so she's going to have to use her powers to fight him. And that's going to be a thing where she's like, well, you know, e- either Cisco's going to do what he has to do and and, de- and defeat us and, and whatever. Or I'm going to have to use my powers, sacrifice who I am essentially by, you know, relinquishing myself to Killer Frost. And that's a fate worse than death. Man, that's good. OK, yeah, I, 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 that's a good, good prediction there. I can definitely see that happening. Uh, I will definitely go yeah, Caitlin as that well. From you, booyah! No, that was all you. That was definitely all you. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I will go. Uh, I will definitely go Caitlin because uh, yeah, immediately when I heard that, I thought, yep, that's that's a Killer Frost reference. It's got to be. So um, yeah. you know, especially given that that we've heard so much about Killer Frost, right? Like uh, the acolytes talked about how Killer Frost is part of Savitar's plan and how he's seen her specifically. So one way or the other, we know that Caitlin is one of those people that he's referring to, and and I, it's got to be, you know. <laughs> In terms of characters that I don't want any of these characters to die, but if if one of them was gonna die and I like I had to choose, I, Caitlin doesn't. If she's not a villain, she doesn't bring much to the table. So she she either need like one of these things has to be her, and I think fate worse than death is what I want. I want her to become a villain. But if they're never gonna make her a villain, then eh, it makes kind of sense that like I would kind of opt for I would vote for her to be killed off. Um, but yep. no, I think, I, I think you're right. I think that, yeah, definitely she, uh, her fate is in fact worse than death. Well, that, that concludes this speedster speculation as well as asking the question. Let me tell you what I wish I'd known when, when I, I was young and dreamed of glory. 
You have no control who lives, who dies, who tells your story. So, so should we recap it, though? Should we recap it? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Run, run, run it down the list. All right. So death. Uh, I said from Savitar's perspective, it's Iris, but that's not going to happen. And actually, Julian is going to die in a sacrificial way. It's a kind of like, you know, F you to Savitar. And so uh, Bo's guess was Joe is going to die. Uh, but it's okay because we'll see him in like, you know, some Earth 37 version of himself or Earth 2. Joe will come and hang out on the podcast um, or not on the podcast on, on the show for betrayal. So for betrayal, I'm going Cisco because Cisco is going to want to see his brother and follow the dark side just like Julian did. Uh, and Bo also said Cisco. And for fate worse than death, my version or my vote is for Caitlin because she's going to in order to defeat Cisco and his betrayal give herself up to the powers of killer frost, which would clearly be a fate worse than death for her. And, uh, I think you said two yeah. on that. Yeah. Yeah. No, we, we're on the same page. Okay, cool. So we're on the same page for Cisco and Caitlin. Then. Well, no, no, no. We're on the same page for Caitlin, but not Cisco. Like the, the betrayal. Uh, is, Oh yeah. You said HR. I yeah, say sorry. HR. I'm still, I'm still sticking with that. I know it's the obvious choice, but it does. I don't know. I'm going with my gut going with my gut. So yeah. we'll see what All happens. Right. You know, what's good for the gut. My friend, I have no idea. How about some delicious coffee from Bean Fruit? Oh, yes, absolutely. That stuff is very good for your stomach. Yes. In fact, it's so good for you that it helps support the show. And why is that good for you and your stomach and everything else? Well, I don't know the answer to that question, but I do know the answer to this question. Science. Where can you find great, uh, great quality coffee? And that is from the good folks at Bean Fruit. Go to beanfruit.com. Use the code podcast for 5% off. Now, Christmas is coming up. You're looking for stocking stuffers. Uh, they've got a great coffee, kind of a mixed pack and everything with about 18 bucks. You get 5% off of that again when you use the code podcast. If you have not done so already, uh, do it. And here's the great thing. If you've done it already, do it again. You can keep using podcast as a discount code. Get yourself some great quality coffee, some great caffeine, some delicious, delicious roasted coffee from beanfruit.com uh, and use that code podcast again for 5% off. Help this show doing what it's doing. Help yourself get some delicious coffee and help us uh, by, you know, money. <laughs> yes, that's how that's how that works. Absolutely. Yes. Help us buy money. Beanfruit.com. Buy money. Five <laughs> percent off when you use the code podcast at beanfruit.com. Yeah, uh-huh. you know it is. Hi, this is John Wesley Ship, and you're listening to Flash TV Talk. Red and yellow, red and yellow, red and yellow, red and yellow. Hold on. Listener feedback, man. We got some great listener feedback in. Uh, actually, a uh, good good friend of the show and, uh, and and always good at sending in his thoughts. William Marchbanks wrote in. You want to read off his, uh, his comments? Absolutely. Hey, guys. Love the show. I'm one episode behind due to a very hectic work schedule, and I'm only able to catch up because I have a terrible flu. But your show is so addictively informative that even the flu can't keep me away from your show. Hmm. LOL. <laughs> uh, I wanted to make a quick observation about Wally's cocoon. I think the reason Wally survived Joe's poor decision to cut open the cocoon and got his speed had nothing to do with the cocoon at all, but rather it had not been, uh, rather had it not been for Wally getting hit by the speed force, he would have died. Remember it took Jesse quick, almost hmm. dying before her powers kicked in. I think when Wally stepped in front of the truck to activate his powers, he never really thought he'd die, but had great faith that his power would activate instead. I think it uh, had it been anyone else without the speed force, they would have uh, died meta or not. I also believe the reason Wally is faster than Barry or will be is because he was getting double activation of his powers, quote, or print parentheses, OMG science. <laughs> what I mean by that is not only were his powers activating due to his encounter with the speed force in this timeline, but the speed force from the flashpoint being, for lack of a better word, pumped into him from the flashpoint timeline. 
However, I'm almost always wrong about these things, which is why I listen to you guys. Keep up the good work. Thanks. Actually, William, that, 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 that's quite interesting. So, yeah, we saw Jesse. It took an instance of her nearly dying for her powers to kick in. Uh, cutting someone out of that cocoon could potentially kill them. Maybe Barry's or uh, Wally's speed force activated, and that's why he's in that kind of fugue, uh, you know, fugue state when they cut him out, uh, because it was like a, 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 a preservation kind of thing. That that that's an interesting theory. I like well, that. well, and remember, we we got the information this episode that the you know sorcerer's stone. I'm sorry, philosopher's stone was. Uh, I mean, like that that essentially created metahumans like basically it activated people's metagene and so oh, okay like like we i think we we'd been led to believe or, or speculated I th- although i do think we were led to believe that you know the the alchemist stone which we now know as the sorcerer uh, ph- philosopher stone you know we, we had assumed or at least been led to believe that it was connecting people like giving them the powers they had in flashpoint which which is true but i don't think it's because of flashpoint like Based on what we learned this episode, it seems that the the alchemy stone essentially just activates the metagene within people. Um, you know, and that's that's something that's kind of common in the DC comics is that everybody, the average Joe on the street, has a metagene. It's just either switched on or switched off. And if it's switched on, then it activates some kind of power, and you become uh, a rock formation or can shoot electricity out of your eyes or something like that. So yeah. you know, the the idea here is that the alchemy stone somehow has that ability, and and that's yeah, it's a different take. Uh, what what if maybe Wally's metagene was somehow speed related, and on top of that, he got hit by the lightning, aka Barry, to be connected with the speed force? Well, that's in tune with what William was saying. How like his flashpoint powers yeah. uh, also came through as well. So that could be like a threefold increase, right? Yeah. You have his metagene was speed related. Uh, the he got hit by the dark matter, which was he got hit by Barry in like you know speed force form. And he has flashpoint power. So like all three of those kind of combining could be, yeah, could be an interesting uh, thing there. Yeah, I dig it. I dig it. Definitely dig it. Um, Next up, we got an iTunes review in. And this iTunes review comes from FlashFan1776, who says, excellent. iTunes, great podcast, best Flash TV podcast out there. We also got one from Chris and DC United, who said, listen, Barry, listen. Uh, One of the best Flash podcasts around. My favorite thing is the chemistry between you two. Uh, no screaming or talking over each other uh, like other podcasts with two or more people. I, I don't know if that's true. Sometimes I do talk over Bell. But to, to be fair, I, I do talk over Bell from time to time. Yes. Yes, you do. But I let you because I'm a nice No, person. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no. I know. I, I, I try. I've, I've been trying to be better at that. But yeah, no, great, uh, great feedback. Thanks so much, guys. And hey, if you have not done so already, head over to iTunes and write us a review. It's a great way to show your love for us. Let me tell you, those positive reviews, they go so far in terms of fueling us up. We need those. Uh, and on top of that, you need those. Well, maybe you don't, but but here's the thing. If you do give us iTunes reviews, we're looking for those four and five star reviews. Uh, every time we get a multiple of 10, we give away a free digital comic. We are just two iTunes reviews away from giving a free digital comic. So next week, while we're doing Grandma Esther's eggnog-induced Christmas call-in extravaganza, we may be giving out some free digital comics, and that may be directly because you right now, as you're listening, you think, hey, I'm going to write him a review. You write a review, you send it in, you're likely to win, and then you win a free digital comic, and that could be you. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Right. Yeah. It's good. What, so, what are they going to do? Sue me? Uh, they might. Uh, you, they might. 
So we got a lot of great stuff coming down the pipeline here, even though we are on hiatus. I mean, we are not on hiatus quite yet, but but uh, The Flash is definitely on hiatus. And that is our big Christmas holiday special. We are so looking forward to this, guys. We love it every single year. It's our chance to hang out with you directly and do so on air. Next week, that's Wednesday 14th. You're going to want to join us. Be part of this. Cook, Bake your holiday cookies. Make sure you got your Christmas cookies all decorated. I know I will be doing that with my daughters in the days leading up to it. So I will have a spread of uh, gingerbread men, except made out of sugar cookies with all of kind of decorations. I'll probably have one based off of Flash. I'll probably have one based off the gingerbread man. I'll have all kinds of delicious, delectable cookies, as well as some amazing eggnog done in the way that Grandma Esther does it. And that is with just a little bit of bourbon and by a little bit we mean a lot because our grandma <laughs> is an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> I had to fit it in there somewhere. <laughs> Absolutely. So again, that is next Wednesday. Mixler.com slash Potisteri is the channel. 8 p.m. Central Time, 6 o'clock Pacific, 9 o'clock Eastern. Join us. If you want to call in, we'll be using Skype. So show up, have your Skype account ready. If you've not created one yet, do go ahead and do it. Uh, and like I said, it is going to be kind of a free flowing conversation, whatever you guys want to speculate about, whatever you guys want to talk about. Uh, we open it up. We let you guys run the show and we just sit back drinking eggnog and getting absolutely plastered by the end of the show. It's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, be sure to join us there again next Wednesday. Be sure also to keep up with us throughout the week. You can follow us on Twitter at Flash TV Talk. You can follow our personal accounts as well at The Real Bo York, as well as at Ring That Bell. Uh, that is how you can follow us on the Twitter. But if 140 characters isn't enough to express your love for our show, feel free to email us at flash at podastery.com. That's P-O-D-A-S-T-E-R-Y dot com. And for the latest discussions on all things Flash, be sure to like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Flash TV Talk. And as always, special thanks to Charlie Bach, who provides our outro music. You can listen to more of his stuff at soundcloud.com slash Charlie Bach. I'm seeing the live chat. You've tempted them all. They are all they've all fallen into the spoilers. <laughs> yes, my children, follow me down the rabbit hole. <laughs> as I said, review us on iTunes. It's a great way to help out our show. Be sure to also help out our show through a couple other ways. Check out our webcomic, thebrogues.com, where we are telling an awesome little uh, side story called Fast Point taking place in an alternate universe. It is exactly what it sounds like. Thebrogues.com. Check it out. Uh, also, you can support our show directly through the Satchel Podcast Player. If you're not listening to podcasts through Satchel, you absolutely should. Go to satchelplayer.com, download that podcast player, find out who's podcasting in your hometown with Satchel. Satchelplayer.com. All of this information and more can be found at flashtvtalk.com. And until next week, guys, we'll be back in a flash. <laughs>